0: So one of the things I like to point out in all of my classes, whether freshman composition or upper division, technical, professional writing classes, is really the practical value and usage of a lot of writing skills. So to start today, I just wanted to read you two quick sample documents and uh, let you think for a moment about what the difference between these documents are. So here's the first one that says, hi, I'm excited to work with you as a beer nerd at U Brewery Location. I've spent the past several years working in brewery tap rooms on the East Coast, but I'm now looking for a part-time job out West. I am a huge fan. I have experiences managing large events with a team and running a bar open to close. Certified beer server currently working on my certified Cicerone Level 2. I believe I would be a great addition. Thanks. And now here's the second version of that letter. Dear Brewtown Management, I'm thrilled at the prospect of working at your Dansville location. I've spent the past several years managing busy tap rooms on the East Coast, including a large regional brewery, and recently moved to the area for my wife's new job. I am an avid home brewer obsessed with all things craft beer related and love discussing the brewing process with customers and industry experts alike. I have extensive experience coordinating large events with a team and also running a bar open to close. I am a certified beer server currently working on my Cicerone level two certification. I believe that I would be a great addition to your organization and look forward to discussing my passions and goals further. Thank you for your time and consideration. So I'll link both of these sample documents in the description here. And if you wanna take a chance to read through, you'll see not only difference in terms of quality of these two letters but um, quality in terms of the focus the detail and some of the technical grammatical issues as well and the reason why I share these two is because these are two examples of the same cover letter the first one unedited and the second one pretty highly edited and this is just what I wanted to talk about a little bit today like I was saying at the beginning the practical applications of different types of writing skills and how they really are effective and useful in the real world beyond just like the academic setting the academic classroom and I say this because I feel like again it's important to note for students at all levels of learning writing and I think it's valuable to anybody listening um, whether you're currently in school or not or you're a teacher too, to really think about how you can make writing and writing skills useful to Students or or for them to realize that these skills are useful, and professional development writing and in this case these are what we would call cover letters, which are letters applying to a job, are probably what I tell my students the most important documents that you'll ever have to write um, in your lives in your careers, and there's several reasons for that. I just want to kind of briefly explain. Um, So the the first of which is that. You know, These are the types of letters that when you apply to a job, you, they will usually ask, right? They will say, please send your resume, your cover letter, and any other documents that they want. Um, this is part of a, a more comprehensive process where they're really seeing if they want you to work with them. And again, I think it's important to really give yourself as much of a better chance to uh, be hired compared to other people who aren't taking advantage of these chances, right? And so this is why I teach this in in all my classes, like I said, Um, not only because it's the most important type of writing you might have to do, because if it gets you a job that gets you on your career path or advancing in your career path, why wouldn't you want to do this well, right? Um, And furthermore, not many students or not many people have exposure to this type of writing. They don't take the time to do it. I have students in all my classes, whether the freshman writing composition classes I teach, like I said, or the upper division classes, Um, Some of whom have done like workshops and those sorts of things, working on cover letters and resumes, but others, um, you know, they really haven't looked at that type of writing in years or they've never had a chance to really work on it. So I think for those reasons, it's worthwhile at least talking about in any writing class, essentially, I have, because there's a lot that goes into these types of letters in terms of what the focus is and how do you express your goals in a very clear, concise, but also still elaborative way which is something that we always often talk about in writing and cover letters uh or you can call them application letters sometimes they're known as or referred to they apply for uh if you're applying for an internship if you're applying for a school or a grad school program if you're applying for a job as well and again i've seen you know situations, especially at the graduate school level, or different types of employment situations, where there are variations on cover letters. So the the term cover letter again is a standard when you apply for a job. Most jobs will say again, please attach a cover letter, resume, and any other documents they want. They might want samples of other types of work depending on the specific type of job. Right um, now, in the case of graduate schools i've noticed working with students applying to grad schools sometimes they ask for something a little bit different they'll ask for a statement of purpose or uh, something along those lines that's a little bit more elaborative sometimes they'll ask for two or three pages of a cover letter but typically if you're just applying to a job and they don't say otherwise you default to just trying to really say everything that you want to say in terms of why you will be a good fit for this company and this organization on just that one page. Uh, That's why it's called a cover letter. It's supposed to be like the cover of your application. And it's supposed to also specify what else is included in the application. So you'll often see the last paragraph of the cover letter. They say, oh, enclosed is my resume, other documents, again, if they require them, and anything else, right? So again, this is really a make or break type of document for many people in terms of getting an interview or not. And that's one important tip I say as well to keep in mind with writing a cover letter. Very rarely are cover letters going to accomplish the goal of getting you a job much more often. Their goal and purpose is to get you an interview, get your foot in the door in order to explain more. And that's why as well, I'll attach a cover letter template that I use in the description as well to this episode. Um, You'll see in the concluding paragraph of cover letters, they also say that they would love to meet, more, meet with you to discuss more about, again, your skills, your qualifications, why you are the right fit for this job. And again, that's really sort of the, the purpose of that cover letter. Again, you'll see in the template I attach, the idea is to explain to a prospective employer why you are the, the best person or one of the best people, right, in order to benefit the company, I mean, that sort of makes sense, right? Like you want to show and prove to that company why they will benefit from working with you and how you have more to say. Because again, very rarely do you get hired just from a cover letter. Usually it's a vetting process or it's part of the vetting process where they're going to then sort through the cover letters and say like, Oh, okay, maybe we should call this person to talk more, call them in for an interview, that sort of thing. So those are some, you know, just very basic key ideas to a cover letter that if you're even thinking about all of that, I can tell you firsthand from having reviewed cover letters at jobs myself, where I was on hiring committees, you're way ahead of the game. I mean, at least half the cover letters, I feel like most organizations probably get aren't doing all of those things that they should be doing. Um, And if that's the case, you just go to the next one because, again, you have so much to read if you're on a hiring committee going through letters that if it looks at all like this person doesn't really understand what the job is or isn't really committed to what the job is, um, you know, they rush, they, they, their letter looks sloppy, looks unprofessional in any ways, you just go to the next one because you have to narrow down that field, that pool anyways. So why not just go to the next person who has done that work? And this is what the other tip I tell students, too, is to make sure that even if you have a sort of standard template that you use where you say, OK, well, I'm not going to take the time to write a brand new cover letter from scratch every, for every job I apply to, do make sure that you tailor those cover letters specifically to that job and to that position. Because, again, that's one thing that a reader will notice if they look at your cover letter and they say, huh, it looks like they just copied and pasted our name our company name, and left everything the same because there are no specific details about our organization, about the job description that was in the job listing. Um, there's no elaboration on any of those points. They're going to think, well, did they even really read those points and those details, and how do we know that they really think that they are a good fit for their, for this job and they're not just going to be wasting our time because it turns out, oh, they're not really interested in the work or they don't really have the, the passion for exactly what we're we're. we're trying to look for in in an employee right so that's another part of the vetting process that they might see and just sort of go to the next letter so i always say in that middle body paragraph to make sure that you connect directly to the audience the audience who is the potential employer right And so to do that, you have to reference specifically about the company. You know, it's always good to look up what their philosophy is or their mission statement or something like that. You can explicitly refer to those details, but as well what is actually described in the listing and try to connect how the skills that are sort of highlighted or more bullet-pointed in briefer detail on your resume, how they connect more fully to the actual organization and company. And if you can do that, I got to tell you, you're, again, way ahead of the game in terms of other people who might be applying and again just haven't taken the time to do all that work and you'd be surprised i mean there's a lot of cover letters and applications i've read in the past where yeah it looks from the resume like hey this person went to a good school you know they had this interesting job experience um you know it seems like all those check boxes are check marked right however in terms of whether or not They actually read the job description you get to the cover letter and it looks like i mean i've seen everything from you know they they sent the wrong cover letter right it was applying to a different job or they just didn't swap that name like i said and it's like well if they're not paying this much attention to detail in their application do i trust that they're going to pay as much attention as i would want them to at the actual job doing the actual work right and the answer is i don't care i'm just going to go to the next one whether or not that's fair For me as a reader to decide that doesn't matter because that's practically what they are doing, unfortunately. Um, So I think those are really important points to bear in mind. And again, going back to those two cover letters that I opened with, um, and and once more, I will link all of these documents in the description so you have them as a reference. It's sort of, uh, again, really disappointing, especially if it turns out that the candidate and the experience they have is actually really good and is actually really relevant and useful to the company or it would be useful to the company. But again, it's just not expressed clearly, which again is a shame because it's like the job might not really be about writing, but guess what? Writing is only about communication or it essentially is about communication ultimately, right? So if you can't communicate through the cover letter, again, an employer is just going to say that's not great for what we expect might happen, communicating in other ways, right? So for these reasons, these are really documents that, again, they're not overly long. I mean, cover letters, you know, once more can just be about a page, uh, and they should usually be just one page unless it's specified otherwise, and sometimes it will. And this is why as well I always tell students, make sure you read the job description and follow exactly what they say, Uh, because if you don't, it's going to be disregarded, right? Um, And that's another thing they look for. If they say to include other documents or other details and you don't, guess what? They're going to go on to the next one. Again, whether that's fair or not, they have so many to work with. They know that of the the candidates who do everything that they ask, who include and send everything that they ask, there's going to be plenty of qualified candidates there because, you know, most jobs, they put out a job listing and they don't know what to do with the amount of applications and candidates that, that come in, right? So these are all important, worthwhile elements to think about for these these reasons. Because, again, the, what you have to do is put yourself in as good a position as possible. And it's difficult, too, because a lot of times I've had students who have written really great cover letters that I've read and they've applied to places and they say, yeah, I never got it back. I guess my cover letter was terrible. And it's like, well, no, there's often the case where you know, they just, a company, they found somebody else who had a specific type of experience that really stood out to them, right? You might have fantastic experience still, but again, if they have, you know, a pool of many, many candidates and somebody just happens to have a specific type of skill or experience that they are really looking for, they might just choose that candidate. So I think the challenge with writing a cover letter ultimately or once you get to the place where you think you're writing good cover letters is to be able to acknowledge that, yes, I still did everything I could, and I did it well and effectively. But there are sometimes forces outside of my control that dictate whether or not I'm going to actually get what I want, right, like succeed at what I want. And that I think is the most frustrating part of it. And one of the more difficult aspects to identify in professional development, and cover letter writing, in this case, you know, another example I give is as a writer, I have probably more experience in rejection than most other <laughs> different types of professionals. And the reason why is because I am constantly submitting uh, writing for publication. And anybody out there who's ever written anything and tried to get it published knows that, you know, the, the published to not publish ratio is probably... You know, if you're lucky, if you're a really fantastic writer and you're really good at writing, you know, cover letters to submit your pieces and targeting the right magazines and journals and whatnot, you, you probably at most have a 90% or at least have a 90% rejection rate. Even then, if you are, I, I would like to think I'm at least a good writer because I have been published in various places. Um, but even me who has been able to get published and who's at least a decent writer, an okay writer, the rejection rates more like 98, 99% maybe, I don't know, something, something like that. I I haven't, because it's depressing. I haven't gone through and tabulated all the math, but it's at least 95% rejections probably. Um, And that's, that's typical. Usually like if you're a decent writer, it's probably like 90% or more rejection rate. Again, Sometimes that's because, yeah, they, they you know the story just wasn't there or the writing wasn't good enough for their standards. But I, I find much more often, um, you know, at least in terms of a lot of personalized rejections I've gotten, they've said like, yeah, it's just not what we're looking for. We just don't like the style. It's entirely subjective. It's entirely our own opinion. We don't like the style or you know, the theme of the story or something like that. And they'll tell you oftentimes uh, that that's the reason. However, something else that also happens in the publishing world is something that they don't do really in job applications. And I I find it interesting that this is the case. And what I mean by that is that in the publishing world, they will oftentimes say in their application guidelines that we want all of this information. We want a cover letter. We want maybe a summary of the story or the novel, depending on what type of writing it is. Um, and whatever else, you know, whatever else they might want, like a bio description, uh, whatever but oftentimes they will say very explicitly like in bold or italicized words or something like that they will say if you do not follow these guidelines exactly your submission will be deleted without being read because again they get so many submissions and perhaps the reason why is because they get even more submissions uh constantly right because if you're a magazine or a newspaper or a journal or whatever you're constantly it's not like a job where you have hiring maybe once a year or something like that or when a position only opens you you're maybe constantly or or more often getting submissions uh so they have so many to sort through that they just say look if you're not making our jobs as easy as possible boom we're going to the next one because we're going to find a great story you know if we have hundreds of story submissions we're eventually going to get a fantastic one pretty quickly right that does make our job easier even if it's minor things um so that's part of the vetting process too, and that's really taught me a lot in terms of applying to other things within the professional world, like jobs, where they don't say that as explicitly. But having been on hiring committees, I can tell you, if somebody you know has a pretty good resume, um, and they just don't submit a cover letter, and I said to submit a cover letter, I don't care where they went, you know, or whether or not they forgot to attach it. I'm pro- unless there's some really fascinating detail on there that I really want to learn more about and know more about probably just going to go to the next one. But that's usually not identified in job descriptions that they will do that. So I think you want to be extra mindful and extra careful of that in that type of writing for those types of reasons. Because, you know, so much of this just comes down to practical attention to detail. If you have clear phrasing and word choice, this is something that not a lot of writers think about. Not a lot of people think about when they write cover letters is they, they write their cover letters and they say, yeah, it's great. I'm specific to the, you know, my own experiences and how it connects to the to the company that I'm applying to or the organization. That's great. That's what I'm supposed to do, right? But even at the sentence level, there can often be little misspellings or grammatical errors, or more often just opportunities to phrase more clearly and specifically to cut out extra words, to cut out wordiness. And if you can do that, again, maybe that just makes your writing one or two percent more streamlined and sort of more engaging for that reason and a reader might not even recognize that especially if they are not a writer themselves but they might feel that effect right and if it's on the fence between you and another candidate and for whatever reason maybe again a reason that they can't even necessarily identify or they just don't think of they just say I think I'm going to go lean this way well look at what you've been able to accomplish just by really focusing in and looking at that detail so Another great tip I say is to read your work out loud slowly, and you can use fancy, specific, detailed words, but you want to make sure that the definitions of those words are appropriate to the meaning that you're trying to convey, and again, that they're not redundant, that they don't contradict other fancy words that you're using, because one of the worst things that you can do, I think, is to use too flowery flowery of speech, right? and it sort of looks like a little I mean, it can look all sorts of different ways, right, in terms of how that's going to affect your audience or your reader, um, you know, thinking that like, oh, you know, this person is, is overly wordy. It's a little bit confusing. It's a little bit distracting, you know, being more as opposed to being more specific to the point. So again, there's got to be a fine balance there. And I think if you read out loud and read out loud so slowly, you'll notice where there are maybe redundant words or phrases that the work is already being done by either choosing new words that are more specific or new phrases that are more specific and then, you know, cutting out others that are then just repetitive in their uh, in, in their expression. And this is something that I do whenever I write anything I have to go back through. You know, it's not something that you're either good at or you're bad at. It's something that you either have taken the time to work on and get better at or you haven't uh, because it's something I do in every draft of anything I write, I have to go back through, look at what I've done and really say like, is every, even coming down to the sentence level, word and phrase, meaningful, distinct, specific to a point both within the sentence and looking at the sentences around it. So, you know, once more, just thinking about all of these elements, I think really does put you at a huge advantage over everybody else, which like I said earlier, you kind of, you know, you need to do in this, I hate to use the phrase day and age, but you really do need to do in this day and age when, you know, you might really want a job, but you're going up against sometimes hundreds of other applicants, uh, which can be, you know, obviously uh, very competitive, right? So these considerations, they will help you, you know, you might not still be perfect at them. But again, you're, you're giving yourself as best of chance as possible compared to others. So I'm going to actually keep this episode brief for the exact reasons that I said already. I mean, I don't know how brief this actually is. I don't know how, because I don't know how brief I am actually ever. Um, but these are just my main tips in terms of writing cover letters, uh, and writing resumes as to really professional writing in general, these ideas of specificity, clarity, but also conciseness again, while being specific. So, you know, it's just one last thing I want to mention this idea of obviously, you want to be detailed and to include detail but as i was saying before with redundancy only detail that is specific and is original at each point so you know if you can identify those points i think you're already going to be doing a much better job with any type of professional communication actually you know this includes all types of business correspondences as well so something to keep in mind if you do have a job and you are writing either to others within an organization or between organizations or customer communication that sort of thing which might be a couple episodes we do down the road since I do teach a lot of that in my professional writing classes as well so again that's all I wanted to talk about today Um, if you have any questions you can you can comment Uh, I don't know where you're listening to this to, but uh, if you go to our main site at professorlabs.podbean.com you can uh, subscribe and, and leave comments if you have questions happy to answer any questions check us out on youtube as well. We're Professor Labs. Uh, You can tweet at us as well, at Labs, And yeah, share any thoughts or questions or experiences of your own. Uh, Always looking for more insights, because especially something like professional development writing, um, you know, experiences matter, and people with different experiences and different insights, you want to get as much of that perspective outside understanding, uh, because industries change. So you want to get as much understanding of Those changes as possible in terms of what the normal practices are, as well as the expectations in different ways. So, all I wanted to say for today, thank you all for listening. Uh, Hopefully, we have some really great interviews scheduled coming up. So, we're going to be talking to some writers soon, in addition to some of these other specific topics in the weeks to come. Um, And we hope that you join us for those. And until then, keep working on specifying your cover letters. And as always, keep learning. Thanks again. Take care. Bye bye.